Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Betts Buzzy. Today's guest is Greg Barron. Greg Barron is the creator of the Barron Method. The Barron Method turns every child into a writing ninja. Kids learn the method in the handbook and then practice in the workbook. They recommend every child have their own handbook since they'll be referring to it regularly throughout their school years. That's right, school years. Once your child has their own Barron Method text, there's no need to purchase a new one every year. Just pick up a new workbook and keep practicing. In this episode, we talk about how writing can actually be fun, but only once students understand where their ideas go on the paper. Also, learning how to write does not have to be a struggle. And lastly, how the Barron Method helps children master writing. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Greg has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Say hello to our guests and tell us what is a fun fact about your industry that will really surprise our listeners. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Barron. Um, so a fun fact about homeschool writing and the industry is that writing can actually be fun, <laughs> right? It doesn't yeah. seem like it can be fun, but it can be fun once kids understand where their ideas go on the paper. And that's that's really missing is that kids don't understand where to put their ideas on the paper. So that is a fun fact. We can change it. We're uh, People... We were just at a convention, homeschool convention, and people were saying, this is a revolution, the Barron wow. Method. So we are happy to uh, be moving this, this uh, being this- um, Catalyst. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You are the interviewer. I like it. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Bex. Thank you. Yeah, that's So thank awesome. you for having me here. I'm happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you came as well. Yeah. So let's let's get right into it then. Like, so what is the focus of your work since we talked about your idea of like uh, once the kids know mm-hmm. where or their ideas go on the paper? Because that to me actually says a lot. I know when I was growing up and I was learning, you know, to write and everything. When I got to the places of like composition and essays and, mm-hmm. you know, creative writing and all those you know, different aspects of writing, I honestly would get confused. Like I would just be like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Like you just said a bunch of words and it reminded me of like, you know, Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, what mm. did she just say? So mm-hmm. tell us, how do we get them to become writing ninjas? Like you say. <laughs> okay. So it, we were lucky when we were going through you and I, parents out there, when we went through high school, if we had a teacher who knew, knew how to teach writing. Right. Because writing, teaching writing is a different beast than teaching ELA. ELA mean, you know, you can teach a kid how to read something and then talk about it. But when it comes to reading something and then teaching a child how to write about it, you've got to have specific skills in place in order to do that. And you need to be able to to explain those skills to people. Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Wow. That's what we're really running across nowadays is that we don't have folks that are really educated in how to teach writing and break it down into simple steps that kids can understand and work on. And that's Mm -hmm. that's how the Barron method came along. Shall I keep going, Bex? Yeah, totally. Keep going. 
Okay. I love so, it. All right. So I was teaching a university and I was doing, well, I get my master's degrees in English composition, not English literature. And those are two really big different components because if you think about it, the largest department in any university is the English composition department. And why is that? Well, because students need to be able to write across every field, right? And, and yeah. so the emphasis there once kids get to university is on writing, but only it's only for a short time for one class. And so when I was teaching, it was very clear to me that kids were coming up and they were just really struggling with writing. So I created this, what I call a map. And it was basically a visual aid that told kids where everything on the page went down to here's your hook into your essay topic. Here's where your claims, your claims go and your thesis go, et cetera. And so what I realized, yeah, so I created this map and also these kids became really good writers because they were all really good writers. And at the time I was not only teaching at the college, I was doing doing some work with kids who were at risk. Yeah. Many of them were very on the way to juvenile hall, et cetera. And what what I noticed is when I shared this map with those kids, they became solid writers too. Wow. Wow. That's huge. Right. So didn't matter. Doesn't matter where you come. Doesn't even matter your your skill ability level. You have to just know where your ideas go. And then once you know where they go, you can put them on paper. So anyway, so I, then I was there and I went, I had this essay map and then I went and I was teaching. Uh, I left and I, I met my wife and uh, she was an elementary school teacher. And I was going to move on and I decided to go into public ed. So mm. I, I did. And when I did, I just, what I did was basically I started teaching the method. It wasn't called the method. It was just basically one piece of paper that showed kids where their essays went. And I started mm. to dilute that and teach the components and pieces of it so kids could understand it. And what I realized was I needed to really specifically teach a paragraph. So I broke it down into the components that we now use with the bare method, claim evidence analysis. And then I made them each have a color. Claim is blue, evidence is green, analysis is red. So good. Yeah, so the colors then became placeholders for the concept because the brain wants to put pictures to words and ideas. Totally. Okay, so yeah, so you understand that. So when you then add, when you add the color, then all of a sudden it makes really profound sense to a child. They understand where each of their ideas go. The next component is you add, give them some models so they know what the writing looks like. Because when I was in university getting my degree, I would ask a professor, hey, uh, can you help me? Um, I need to figure out where these go. And and professor would say, hey, I had to figure out, you got to figure out too. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. Really nice teaching right there. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, so that's what I came up against. But what the good thing about that was, is I, re- I realized, well, I've got to teach myself. And so that was also part of my process to realize I need to teach myself how to write. And as I did, I learned, well, you know, that, that what I want to use to call this common language, because I also went through composition at the time was claim evidence analysis are words that we use. And I, I don't use the word when I'm teaching a topic sentence, I use the word claim. And here's why. We use the word claim in a court of law. We use it in a memo. We use it in a a doctor's report. We use it in a police report. Claims show up everywhere, but a topic sentence only shows up in a paragraph. Wow. So we want to use language that kids can then use for the rest of their life. They're not going to be up in a court of law and go, your honor, uh, here's my topic sentence. (laughs) Wow. 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 Yeah. So we want to use this common language that they can grow with. And so that's why I use claim evidence analysis. So back to when I was teaching in, in middle school, what I did was I realized I need to teach kids the, if you look at an essay, and I, I always like a traditional five paragraph essay. And the reason that I like that is because we talked about a court of law. In a court of law, you really need, 
or let's go back to homeschool and let's say your child's trying to convince you of something. They want to go out to go get in, <laughs> you know, to their favorite restaurant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Generally it takes not one piece of evidence, not two, but three to convince someone. And oh, so wow. that's why a five paragraph essay is vital and important. I know a lot of time today, they don't want to teach it as much for some reason, but kids really need to understand that in order to create a valid argument, you really need three pieces of evidence, strong pieces of evidence. So what I did was I created a paragraph map first. So what happens is with the Barron method, kids learn first. It doesn't matter if they're second grade, 12th grade. They learn how to write a paragraph first. And then that paragraph becomes the body paragraph in an essay. Wow. That's really good. Oh, my gosh. I, I connect with this so much because I because I, as a science teacher, mm. I have to teach my students, you know, claim evidence and reasoning. So okay. as you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can totally use this in my class. You know, because I'm like three pieces of evidence. I usually just tell them to you know, provide evidence. I never actually give them the amount of, of evidence. So now I'm going to start saying limit three, you know, minimum, minimum of three pieces of evidence to be able to, you know, and I'm going to change, I'm actually going to change my, my, my paragraph, my essay style. It's going to be literally five paragraph essay. Because a lot of my students are always like, how many paragraphs do you want my essay? I'm like, just do the standard three. You know, I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm not like, I'm not an English major. I'm, I'm a science teacher. Right, so right. for me, I just, you know, I, I understand my writing and I understand what to, to, to provide, but like you're giving such clarity. So I'm like, I'm totally going to use this now. In my class. That, well, that's what happened. I was having great success. And all of a sudden these, when I was in teaching, all of a sudden these teachers were coming and going, what are you doing? <laughs> because high school teachers were coming and going, hey, your kids are the best writers in the district. What are you doing? Wow. And the teachers in the school were coming and going, what are you doing? And so I put together a tiny little pamphlet, like, to, because, hey, people are asking for help. I want to help them out. Yeah. And so I put this together. And basically, see, that was that was the key is that you just hit it on the head. We're not trained to be writing teachers. When, when a, even when an ELA teacher, uh, you know, or an elementary teacher goes through, or a K through twelve teacher goes through teacher training, they are not taught how to teach writing. They're given a big, thick book and said, "Yeah, here you go. Here's your one hour training. Go teach it." Right. No, it's true. It's yeah. True. So, uh, and so, what happens is with the method, you, anyone, teacher, whether a parent or a teacher in in, in your setting, in a public school setting can now learn how to become a composition teacher. And really, that's what we want. We want kids to be, quote unquote, big word, compositionists, right? Yeah. And we want teachers to be composition teachers, meaning composition, meaning you're just showing kids how to organize their ideas so that when they put those ideas on paper, it's clear, whether that's an argument or an exposition, whatever it is, clear. So very, very important. Wow. Um, yeah, this this is awesome. This is like what inspired you to to do all this? Like, where did this all start? <laughs> well, kids couldn't write. Right. They came to me and they couldn't write. And if if you rarely come across one, and they wanted to learn how to write, they wanted to, and they were really frustrated. Yeah. So I would, you know, comes down to frustrated kids not learning, and, and the fact that I had gone through and people had not broken down the components of writing to me right so when kids came to me i was i was like hey you know I, i've got to do this like you know hey god's putting this in my lap and yeah. and like tweaking my head going 
you need you need to do this and so yeah. i you know i'm like okay you know i i really i have the ability to do this i've got to train this and what was interesting about this is a very dear and close friend of mine a very wise man i was when i was in college i had a choice to go become a, a, a get degrees in english literature or english composition and he said anybody can teach a child how to read something and talk about it but not everybody can teach a child how to read something and write about it and i thought that was wow. so wise yeah, so there you go. Then I became went into English composition, and it's it just that my brain worked to the, just that I was always trying to figure out how do I even when I was going to get my degrees, I was thinking how do I teach this to kids, how do right. we make this logical for kids, and so it just it was born. The Baron method was born out of a need to help frustrated kids. So yeah. 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 And you know, it, I think that's fantastic because I, one thing that I noticed with my students Mm -hmm. is that they don't know how to express their ideas and thoughts, whether Mm -hmm. it's verbally or even writing. And I believe if they can learn to write properly, then their verbal is going to come out after, you know, though, because I always tell my students, like, can you just reread what you just finished? (laughs) Like writing? Did you, did you look it over by any chance? And they're like, no, I'm like, Oh, like, that's why I got the the material that I just got, you know, so when when they're able to write and then reread it, which I think is to me is a, is a real big deal to like reread your work. I think for me only because I say that I it takes me like forever to write. Like, I'll be really honest, like my brother, mm-hmm. I and he would drive me nuts. I'd be on the phone with him and I'm like, hey, how's everything going? And he's like, oh, good, good. I'm writing a paper right now. I'm like, oh, wow, let me let you go. He's like, no, 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 it's yeah. okay. I'm almost done. And I'm like, how are you writing this paper? Like, you know, I was like, when is it due? And he's like, it's due tonight. I'm like, when did you start? He's like, about an hour ago. I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, and then he would bang out an A and yeah. I'm over there. Like, if I had to do like an essay, I have to start like two weeks in advance. I have to like, write it the first time, get all my brain dump out and then go back and look at it and be like, what did I just write, reorganize it, then like put it down for another day. And then I would have to constantly go over it, over it, over it to perfect it and to like, you know, chop things, chop things away. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, please reread your work before you hand it in, like put some effort into it. But I love yeah. what you do too, because can, can I can I speak to that for a second? Oh, please, yeah, 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 please. Okay, so when whenever I'm teaching parents and teachers, there's two main things that kids need to do. First of all, good writers are good readers, so kids need to read out loud, and I suggest that they read out loud about ten to fifteen minutes, four or five days a week. Just read out loud. I love and it. If you're a homeschool parent, I really suggest that you know while you're making dinner or you're making lunch or whatever it is, you you have your child just sit there and read out loud, and you don't have to sit there with them. Just one ear on them while they're working, while they're reading. If you want to put that on steroids, get a dictionary, and then when they come across words they don't understand, have them read that. So key first, they got to read out loud. The second most important thing is they've got to read their own writing out loud, and I'm always pushing that. And and that's we've got videos on our website that explain this very. I've created two three minute videos that teach this very clearly. The kids have to read their own writing out loud because when they read out loud, when they read silently, their brains will fill in the blanks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or their brains, their brains will correct it because the brains, our brains are linguistically speaking, they are from when we're pushed out of the womb or come out of the womb, they are wired for grammar. And so we learn grammar verbally, but it's another beast to do it in writing. So when kids write it, read it out loud, their brains cannot 
correct the grammar, nor fill in the blanks. So you're absolutely right, Bex. Kids need to read their own writing out loud. And when they do, they will come across those grammar errors and then they will learn to just go ahead and correct them so that when they do turn it into you, it's much clearer. Oh, if, that's so good. <laughs> if you're, if you, and if your child is having, uh, struggling here, and, and then in regard to keeping correcting grammar, especially in ELA and writing classrooms, what folks do or at home, what folks do is they're like, oh, I see all these grammar errors. Let me circle them and red pen and mark and slash and all that stuff. And that just ruins the child's confidence. What we want to do is when we see, for instance, let's say a younger child and they're not capitalizing letters, beginning of words, just focus on that one error and maybe circle it with a, not a red pen. <laughs> purple <laughs> purple purple's great any color red because red has a connotation i've done something wrong yeah yeah circle it hand it back to them no other marks next time they make a write something for you circle it hand it back to them next time circle it hand it back to them. when you start to see that one error disappear then move on to the next one oh it's so good that's brilliant oh my gosh and i love what you're saying because that's all about revision. And it's about going yes. back and looking at your work and working on the one thing. Instead mm -hmm. of working on a ton of things, you work on one. It's, I mean, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I think a lot of people don't understand the, that the simplicity in brilliance, you know what I mean? To be able to really tackle one thing at a time. I don't know, some somehow, some way, everyone feels like I have to get everything done all together. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen successful people do one thing at a time and focus in on it until they have mastered it. Then they move on and that they're and they're also not in a rush. I've always realized that people who are highly successful are not in this like huge rush. They are like very focused. Do they do they do things quickly? Yes, mm -hmm. they do because mm -hmm. they're masters. Mm -hmm. They've already mastered it. So they know how to do things efficiently. And it seems like, whoa, you got that done so fast. No, that if you go by in the back, and see all the time that they took to get to that place, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, because we're always comparing ourselves to, you know, our, our like lack of whatever to somebody else's expertise. And it's just, it doesn't match, you know what I mean? Like our, oh, what's mm -hmm. what I'm looking for? Just not, not the, yeah. And, and, and to be able to compare ourselves to someone else's, you know, just expertise, it's, it's, it's just crazy. So I love what you're saying. Just use one little thing. And there's no need, yeah, there's no need to, to compare ourselves, especially like you said, when we just, when we just go slow and we take our time, because that, that's how it happens, especially in classroom, you, you just want to, and you're forced by the system to f push kids through. But really, like you just said, you, you take your time, you go, so learn this one thing and then move on to the next. And, and back in regard to grammar, by the way, there's only about 15 or 20 grammar conventions that you need to learn and your writing is going to be just fine and clear instead focusing on all these grammar drills etc that don't work don't do it just focus right. on one thing and you your student is going to become a just a fine writer and it's going to take the pressure off of you we don't yeah. you don't need to you've got all kinds of other things you're doing yeah yeah oh man i i know right now the listeners are like well where can i connect with this guy <laughs> like, <Okay>. where, <laughs> so where can they connect with you to find out more about what you do and to get those videos and 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 maybe even get a couple of your your books and things 
So you can find you can find us at thebaronmethod.com. And I'm going to spell that. It's the Baron. It's B-A-R-A-N method.com. So B-A-T-H-E-B-A-R-A-N method.com. Lots of people like to spell that Baron with an O-N. Right, right, with, right. With an A-N. So yeah, thebaronmethod.com. And they can find little, there's so much on the website that if you just spend some time, you will learn our philosophy and mm-hmm. our philosophy then you can use when you're teaching it could easily make it a part you can watch videos i have several of those two minute clips and then we also have a longer one for instance a workshop video where you can see me and i show you how to teach a paragraph and and many of those those items are free so a lot of things that are on there are free that you can just watch and become really up your ante in regard to teaching skills then you can also find on the website, you can find the Baron Method, Writing for Success. That's the key because that's where kids learn the method. And they keep that book forever. They don't, they, they're going to follow that because it's got the paragraph map and it's got the essay map and, and other important things in it. And then you've got the workbook. So you could, you could learn, you do the method, learn the method, and then go practice in one of the grade level workbooks. And the grade level workbooks are according to Lexile level, so reading level. And then you just do the assignments in there. And then the, we have teacher editions that, for teacher, we're, we're excited. Those just came out recently. Now we've got school districts coming along, and that's beautiful too because these school districts, for instance, we're in a school district in Kentucky, and they want to use us because they don't have tons of money, but they want something that works. And yeah. so the method works. And so our teacher editions are awesome for homeschoolers because every assignment's in there, and it's all highlighted with blue, green, and red, and the evidence is highlighted in green, so you don't have to work. If you're writing a paragraph or writing an essay, you've got models to show you exactly what to do. When I created our curriculum, I had something in mind. I was, years ago when I was in the classroom, Bex, I was thinking, this is nonsense, this curriculum I have. This is not really what I need. Give me an assignment. (laughs) Give me a place for the kids to write. Yeah. And then give me models to show yeah. the kids at times. And that's all that really you need to become a composition expert. I love, I love yeah. it. That's I love it. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I, I so sad that the conversation has to come to an end. Cause I'm, I personally, right now I'm learning so much, but as we're wrapping this up, Greg, what is one mm-hmm. big takeaway you want to leave with our listeners today from our conversation? I'm going to circle back up to the back up to the beginning, like a good writing should, right? You want to circle back to the beginning. And writing is not fun Mm. when we don't know where ideas go. But I I can't tell you how many kids come to me and say, they use the method and they go, writing's fun now. And it it becomes fun when we get confident and we know where to put our ideas. Because once we know where to put our ideas, hey, we can confidently get them down. And boy, when parents, when kids, teachers, when they see that, that finished output product that's clear, Kids are, and parents get, they're like excited, like, oh, oh, that can get off my plate. Now my kid knows how to do that. And when you can feel confident that you prepared your child for, uh, you know, for, uh, for school, uh, for college, and more important, just for the professional world, that when you know your kids can communicate clearly for the rest of their life, what a wonderful thing that is. Wow. So, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what, you know, kids, writing can be fun. Just show your kids, hey, whether you use the bare method or not, show them where their ideas go on the page. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Greg, thank you so much for coming on today. You have just like, you've taught me and it's it, awesome. I, I, I'm i just like, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> Next time we talk, I, I, I need to hear those words. Claim evidence analysis coming from your mouth, Bex. Easy. CEA. Got it down. 
<laughs> well, thank you. You know what? It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for allowing me to share how to make writing easier for kids for your audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you, audience, for listening. Really appreciate you all. Thank you. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.